Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Fightful.com podcast. Alex, I have a remarkable echo. It's gone now. It's gone now. It's gone now. Well, there he is, you guys. It's Alex. It's me. No intro needed. No. I live here with the sandwiches. Pardon me? (laughs) It's a line from that Sonic commercial that always makes me smile. I live here with the sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Okay. They've had a pretty good run, haven't they? they those have, two. They've had some very, those two guys, man. That's what's been years they've been they were doing those ads. Those guys maybe need to Yeah, man. That's probably their only gig, too. I know one of them is a comedian, but they're both comedians, but yeah. that's all they gotta do. Anyway, we got Monday Night Raw to talk about. Guys, if you don't mind, head over to fightful.com. All your news for MMA, pro wrestling, boxing. We covered UFC 214 at length this weekend. Live coverage, post-show stories, pre-show stories, a post-show podcast with myself and Showdown Joe. That is up on Fightful.com. And, of course, use our Fightful.com forums. What I really want you guys to check out is my video blog that I did. Uh, It is on our YouTube. It is up at Fightful.com. You get to see an eating challenge. And, Alex, there was some big beef eaten at the Toronto Blue Jays game. I saw that. I'm a big dude, but... You can't make me eat that much beef that fast, or you're not going to see me for a while. Oh, <laughs> Nicola, that, that the Irish Canadian man, she put it down. Yeah, I, yeah, put it down. I was impressed. I was very impressed. Go check that out, guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a great time with uh, Jimmy Van's team that he has, not only for Fightful.com but several other websites, and. Nigel may have made a celebrity of himself because people want him in the room producing the shows all the time. So I'm pretty excited about that. But please head over, check that out. And of course, last week's live list and your boy podcast. But Alex, what what was it like uh, hosting the SmackDown show? Do you ask me a question? Ah, did I lose you? No, I'm, I'm here. Did you ask me a question? Yeah, I said, what was it like hosting a SmackDown show? All I heard was SmackDown show. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there was, um, 
remarkably little, um, you know, making fun of the commenters and stuff like that. We just, uh, it's just me and Jeff and, and Anna going back and forth about how much we hate what they're doing with gender and all the other things on Smack. It was a bad SmackDown. There wasn't even a Fashion Files that week. Like, that's what I was looking forward to the most about hosting a SmackDown post show. There wasn't even a Fashion Files. What gives? Indeed. We got Monday Night Raw to talk about tonight. And we, we've got a while before any WWE pay-per-views. So I, I wonder if we're going to keep getting shows like this. Yikes. Now, there, there's plenty of good stuff. I, I, gotta, I guess I got to preface it because this always happens, Alex. And we, I haven't seen a lot of like Raws that I just didn't like recently. The show's been pretty damn good. But I got to preface this by saying just because I didn't like the show doesn't mean I hated everything on it, you guys. The last impression is often the most important one on Raw, which it didn't make a very good last impression, Alex. No, you can't, um, you can't have the, the final one-third of your show be you basically mailing it in. Like, we'll talk about this later, but if you've just given up on the third hour um, and you're not going to give anybody a reason to stick around, then, you know, the third hour viewership always drops. I, I'm anticipating this week that it will drop, like, precipitously, like 30%. Yeah. It was it was not good. So the show started off with Kurt Angle coming out, running down the night's event in his hometown. Of course, he got a great ovation. He's confronted by Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Heyman says that he knows Angle was influenced to get the title off of Lesnar. I love the way they're taking this because the buzz is John Jones, Brock Lesnar. John Jones, Brock Lesnar. Now, guys, I have a, a, an article up chronicling. Like a lot of people are saying, well, that fight's going to happen. Yeah, it might happen, but it ain't happening until 2018 at the earliest. But I love that they did this. They took John Jones challenging Brock Lesnar. They took the rumors of Brock Lesnar in the UFC and they integrated it into a storyline. And I love it because usually a situation like this would guarantee a Lesnar win. That doesn't necessarily ring true here. Uh, Heyman says that Lesnar will leave WWE if he loses at SummerSlam. I just think it's a great idea to capitalize, Alex. I do too. I mean, obviously the whole thing's a work either way. Um, but uh, I really, I mean, like if you're just looking at it as a fan perspective, I really thought this was a great chance for them to get the title off of, off of Lesnar now. But if you're taking Heyman at his word, well, this means Brock's got to win, right? They're not going to let him out of his contract now when there's mania on, on the way, you know, and a potential Goldberg rematch at Survivor Series or whatever the hell they want to do with him there. Like, it just feels like it's giving this stip of, if I lose, I'm out, kind of makes me doubt, you know, my, my oh my God, anything could happen thought about the big beef four-way in a few weeks at SummerSlam. Now it, thinking, I think it, for a lot of people, it's doing the opposite, Alex, because there are a lot of people who buy into this Brock Lesnar UFC stuff. Right. They don't understand that Brock has to re-enter right. the USADA pool and sit in it for six months yeah. before <laughs> he could fight John Jones and probably lose in a round. 
There are but, a lot uh, of people out there who think that he could lose at SummerSlam, say, I quit, and I'm going to go fight John Jones UFC, and like they'd have that fight by Halloween. Like they don't understand what that, what the you know the testing pool and all that stuff, yeah. and having to go back in there, so they don't understanding that part. For those of you who who keep asking me what are, what is the possibility of this fight happening, I think the possibility is very good. Um, John Jones is probably going to fight again this year, I would imagine, and then if Brock Lesnar would get in that damn testing pool, then they could get the ball rolling on that. But if I were Brock Lesnar, I would try to target after WrestleMania. It, it, see, the thing is, I don't think WWE will have him do it in the first quarter of next year or really the first third of next year because of his WrestleMania tie. But he could probably do it for International Fight Week next July. So I would say if it's going to happen, it'll probably happen maybe in 11 months or so after Brock is uh, through the USADA testing pool and done with Rumble and Mania. If there is some kind of tie between UFC and WWE and it's a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing, how great would it be if John Jones cost Brock Lesnar his Mania match? That would be you know huge. I mean? That would be it would be this amazing or, thing that could carry everything f- through it. Or if John Jones cost Brock Lesnar his SummerSlam match. True. That could be you know, that's and got him put out of the WWE. <laughs> that could be fun. They could do it, and they they know each other. They I mean they post for pictures together. Uh, John Jones has shown up at WWE events before, so it's not uh, completely unheard of. But yeah, I like the way that they they did this. Uh, we had the Hardy Boys and the Revivals, or not the Revival, uh, the Good Brothers rather. The Revival were on commentary. Good solid tag matchup. Revival solid on commentary too. They put over Matt Hardy's. Twitter skills, which I thought was a little funny. Anderson took a hilarious corner bump. These guys, unfortunately, Anderson and Gallows, don't really have any mystique about them anymore, Alex. <sighs> yeah. No, they don't. Uh, they should. Um, and, they, I mean, they went into WrestleMania as the tag champs. And what? They lost there, and they haven't really sniffed them since. Like they're just right back down to the doldrums. They're they're baby faces when they face the revival, and they're heels when they face the Hardys, and that's fine with me as long as you're you're uh, you know not just having them come out one week and say, "Hey, DC, they're they're big. There's it's a good brother town ski," and then the next week come out and say, "Pittsburgh, what a dump!" Like you got to be more subtle with your heel and face thing rather than like complimenting or insulting the fans. Um, but uh, I guess it looks like after this whole thing, they're going toward a triple threat match at SummerSlam between the Revival, um, Good Brothers, as you call them, and, um, and the Hardys, which can be fun. But that's just another way of throwing as many people as possible onto this card. Yeah, and it's going to be a long card. Uh, after the Hardys win, all hell breaks loose. They end up beating up both teams including Matt taking that twist of fate bump on the ramp that I don't like. These guys, they just don't care. They're like, one more run? (laughs) Matt's like, fuck it, I'll be on the creative team soon enough. That's Matt's like Global Force Wrestling getting denied their trademark celebration. (laughs) He's like, screw it. Uh, Also, we get a poetry in motion off the ramp. 
neat stuff, pretty decent. Now, I'll tell you what I loved, Alex. I love this Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins stuff backstage. I am seeing some of Dean Ambrose's best promo work in the WWE that I've ever seen here because I buy it, because there's a history there. There's a backstory. Uh, Seth Rollins, we've seen him apologize. We've seen him do all these things that not only baby faces don't do, nobody does. Like Because Vince McMahon doesn't think it's realistic for people to apologize. But we're seeing that out of Seth Rollins. And I, I, I tweeted this earlier. Credit to WWE for taking a couple of guys who were spinning their tires in Rollins and Ambrose and putting them into a situation that I'm cared that I care about, I'm intrigued about, and I can't wait to can't wait to see what happens at SummerSlam because well let's let's approach the promo first. Uh, what'd you think about that? Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I like these two guys uh, in this relationship. Um, it complicates things needlessly with the actions of Ambrose later. Um, I feel like they're rushing a whole bunch of stuff when they have two more Raws before SummerSlam. Um, We'll talk about the match that Seth Rollins has later. Uh, But it's an interesting deal with, you know, who do I not root for but identify with? I mean, Seth Rollins is, is opening up and saying for the first time, what I did was shitty and I apologize. I never should have done it and I'm sorry. And then to be the friend who the former friend who will not accept his apology. That's Dean. And so I go like, well, I mean, give him a shot, you know, maybe Dean. And so maybe the whole thing, my my hesitancy on Dean is that I'm like, you're kind of being an asshole, dude. I mean, it's years and years and years ago. It's literally the only thing from three years ago that WWE keeps track of. Yeah, but it was a pretty big thing three years ago. It was. They, they were a pretty successful act. Uh, yeah. Not to mention all the, you know, cinder blocks and shit that would follow. So, sure. I mean, there there is a history there. There's a reason for Seth Rollins to not be trusted, and I like that. Later, Cesaro and Sheamus clown Rollins for not having trust and say that he should star in WWE Ride Alone, which I would watch <laughs> way sooner than I would ever watch Bring It to the Table. Oh, yeah. 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 The other thing I think was floated on Twitter was Table for Me, which I think is yeah. really, really good, too. Just somebody sitting, like, eating I alone. Like <laughs> I said I would like it if it were Seth Rollins basically doing a VH1 storytellers about every Madden tournament game he won mm-hmm. and why his opponent was so terrible. I, I would love that. Uh, Rollins wants to fight. Sheamus obliges. We get that later on. This cruiserweight tag match is the kind of thing I want to see. It was nonstop. There was great babyface offense. The match didn't mean a damn thing primarily, but the heels had a built-in heat spot with Tazawa's injury. It got a bunch of guys on TV. It furthered Tazawa's storyline with Titus. It put Tazawa over a little bit. Really good stuff. Also, I'm told that uh, WWE's crew is rather happy about the elimination of the purple ropes and that it's made formatting the show even more flexible. So, win for everybody. This is also the part of the week where I praise Titus. He is great. Titus is great. Um, I, I did I did love the prolonged 
I'm I'm gonna call the match off. No, 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 I'm okay. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You sure? Because I think you should definitely think about your long-term effects of this injury. No, I swear I'm okay. That went on for much longer than I think it needed to, but it was funny the whole way through. So they were I'm they were it. trying to kill time until the commercial, and it seemed like they just kept it on forever and ever. Yeah. I like that Tazawa's deal is that he's not a cerebral enough wrestler about his injury. And Titus is like, you got to listen. You got to listen. Right. And he is providing that guidance. And it's really good. Uh, the baby faces get the win, which leads me. I'm going to skip a bit ahead here. How bad of a career move was it for Kalisto to pass up joining Titus worldwide? Man, it was so bad. It, because here's the thing. He passed, uh, he passed them up when they were heels. You know what I mean? And they got over as baby faces by accident it's because it was fun. You know what I mean? And they went from being Titus brand to Titus worldwide, which means they could <laughs> they're global now. And Kalisto uh he missed the boat. I think it'd be great to have Kalisto, especially after tonight, next week, come up to uh Apollo Cruz and go. Hey, uh, remember that uh, when you were wanting me to be like um, in your yeah. stable? Uh, what if, um, what if, what if I was in it now? Because uh, I could do good, good lucha things. You know, like that'd be really good if he yeah. was said. Oh, I missed. I, I'm sorry. I should have should have said yes. The thing about th- this show is I liked a lot of the in ring wrestling, and there were a lot of things I liked outside the ring. It's just that so much of it was absolutely inconsequential. Yeah. Had it been consolidated and put on something that actually mattered, I would have liked it a lot more. I felt like I wasted much of my time tonight, mm-hmm. despite what I the, what I saw being good. It's like nothing, nothing advanced. I don't like that on regular TV shows either. Uh, for the life of me, I do not understand the not having a last name shit. I didn't understand the Big E Langston removal. I didn't understand Antonio Cesaro. I don't. I didn't get it. I don't get it. Uh, Elias got a really good pop from his hometown crowd, healed them with a song, and then got interrupted. I thought TJP was coming out. I was like, TJP, what are you doing out here? You pulling double duty? (laughs) Kalisto. Oh, poor guy. He can't catch a break. Like, maybe maybe the first time I was ever disappointed to not see TJP. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Um, there's a thing. Elias Samson should exclusively wrestle dudes under 195 pounds because he just tosses yeah. those little guys around the ring. He makes them look so much bigger than he is. I mean, he's a big dude, but he's average sized when it comes to wrestling. So when, but he's much bigger than Kalisto and that's fun. Um, I, I like, I like all the things Elias is doing somehow. This guy's getting some kind of monster push here, like a mid-card push that's like starting with – I don't know where – like this guy's going to be in the in a mid-card title picture soon. Like yeah. do you think he he just he casually knocks on Vince's door every day and he's like, hey, sir, how you doing? You're looking particularly virile, young, and handsome today. <laughs> well, he's totally in touch with your customer base. Can I get you a coffee, sir? It's funny you mentioned the the 195 pound thing. I mentioned uh, I had in my notes that Kalisto is a really good opponent for a guy like Elias to show his arsenal off, which he is getting very good at varying up. Yeah, throughout all these matches, which we didn't see a lot in NXT, but he busted out a Canadian backbreaker. Like it was, I, I'm 
he's improving. And if you're going to get a push like this, hats off to Elias for making his best effort to improve. This is one of those things that you can look at and say, it didn't get over in NXT, but it's already worked much better here than it did there. And I so, think uh, this particular segment and match would have gone over even better had it been in the first hour, which is when we're talking about it, because it was in the third hour, which was death. Oh, we'll yeah. We'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see Elias and Jason Jordan for the Intercontinental title later <laughs> this year, for sure. Speaking of, Miss TV with Jason Jordan. Man, what a shitty theme they gave Jason Jordan. CFOs had what? Oh. What? What's up, Playboys? How lazy can you get? Now, we'll talk about the Seth Rollins thing later, the, the little addition there, but they they also addressed Jordan getting booed. Miz offers Jordan a spot in the Miz Tourage. Based on Jordan's mic work, this may be a Kalisto Titus worldwide situation here. <laughs> he may be better off just saying yes and letting Miz talk for him because Miz proceeded to take him to fucking school on the mic, then Miz gets suplexed into the Miz Taraj. Uh, this is going to need some work, Alex. It's Jason yeah, Jordan deal. It is. Um, the theme, I don't even, I don't see why he can't have custody of the American Alpha theme. Like, what are they going to do with Chad Gable now? Like, not this, not that gimmick, probably, since the dude who's Kurt Angle's son is the American hero. So he'll yeah. like, why can't he have the American Alpha music and do something new for Chad Gable? Um, the segment is fine. Um, it was kind of funny of, listen, I don't care what you say about me, but if you talk crap about my dad one more time, I'm going to have to hurt you. Like, it was just really <laughs> weird. I love that he called, he didn't call him my dad, he called him Kurt, which is just yeah. wonderfully progressive. Uh, I love the belly-to-belly suplex into the other two guys, but here is the deal with this segment. While you were gone, Bo Dallas was on Jericho's podcast, and it turns out he's a conspiracy nut. Now, it's fine if you want to be like, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if this was true? Like, maybe the Cubans killed JFK. Maybe it was the mob. Like, okay, fine, cool. But... When you believe the earth is hollow and filled with giant reptile people who stole part of the Bible, then I'm like, dude, you're a little crazy. And when you say that Sandy Hook didn't happen. Yeah, that pisses me off. Then I'm done. And like, I loved past tense, Bo Dallas. I, I can't look at him the same way now. Like it's, it, you, you, do you know the meme about milkshake duck on, no. on Twitter? So it's this it's this funny thing of like everybody who's your hero that comes about out of nowhere. You you find out they said some really racist stuff in the past. Like every the internet loves milkshake duck. It's the duck who drinks milkshake. Two minutes later, we regret to inform you that milkshake duck is a racist. So basically, yeah. Bo Dallas milkshake ducked himself i mean hey man i've been there i have vince russo on every once in a while and he said some pretty disgusting shit in my opinion and when we brought him back i had to be like vince this type of stuff will never be said on fightful.com right like we will have you on to talk some old stories people like our chemistry and stuff but 
I will trust that you will not say anything like that on Fightful.com, and we distance ourselves from those comments. So, hey, I'm there. I will say, though, when it starts with the lizard people and shit, his real-life personality is exactly what Bray Wyatt's actual gimmick should be. (laughs) That would make his promos a lot better if he's talking about lizard people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, I'm very sick of Bray Wyatt as like the chief of the personality police. Like, man, Roman, Finn, Dean, you think you're so cool, man. Well, let me tell you, you know, and these people, they're not. I don't give a fuck. Shut the fuck up. Fight somebody. Shut the fuck up and fight somebody. Um, it was really, really <laughs> obvious that the crowd was getting to that point because they they start out with the whole all the fireflies come out with the phones and stuff and about halfway through the the promo that's still being done in the dark there's like six or seven phones still on in the arena like everyone was just done the fireflies went away there were more fireflies in the middle of the really boring Tyron Woodley versus Damian Maya fight at UFC 214 this weekend than there were during this yeah um i bray wyatt save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 percent lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Dude, it's... Like you say, some of this has to be on him. And and it's more now than... It's more every week. Every week it gets a little bit more on him because he's there's got to be something that changes. But they keep sending him out there to say the same damn thing every time. And it's doesn't work. It hasn't worked in forever. And you can't be a man who proclaims himself to be a God every week and then show no evidence of that whatsoever because it it just makes you ineffectual. And you're not spooky. You're just that weird guy who lives by the bus station. Like, I I, I don't know. Like, it's just terrible. There's, I was watching Muppet Treasure Island with my daughter, and there's this there's this moment where Sam the Eagle pretends to be a ghost, and he rises up out of the cabin hold to scare all the other pirates, and he's wearing seaweed, and he goes, spooky, 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 yeah. and I'm like, that's Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's just the guy who comes out and says, spooky. spooky I got spooky. a beard, and I'm a little overweight, and my dreadlocks make me different than you. I was Who thinking about this. Gives a shit. I was thinking about this um, this week. Um, I think this is a guy who could take this basic idea of a character 
and the stuff he does in the ring and get over huge in Japan. You know what I mean? Like he's a bigger dude. He's an underrated worker. And if they let him do the stuff he can really do, it could be fun. And they love weird horror shit over in Japan. Like it's something, whatever this is, is not working here. Change it up or let him go be free. Do something else. Finn Balor teleports into the ring and kicks Wyatt a lot. Cool, man. They tease the demon cool, for the man. first time with the with the red and the the heartbeat. And yeah, like, you know we're getting a demon. We are. Yeah, we we know the score. They don't need to tease it demon. just yet, though. They could tease it later. I mean, everybody knows he's going to do it. Yeah, uh, we have a random downstate burn it down lyric and Rollins theme now. Um, I think he'd be better served to just have lyrics across the whole thing, but it's a it's a slight improvement. Uh, hate to bag on CFOs again, but unfortunately, he was one of several people during that period where CFOs were like, you know, we'll, we'll just do like 30-second loops and fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his his whole burn it down thing, because that's what they say now. They have him say burn it down, scream it at the beginning of his thing. Um, I realize we should have seen this coming. We should have seen the signs of his pyromania at WrestleMania when he lit the ramp on fire with the torch and then it went all the way down to the ring. Um, I don't know where this arsonist thing is coming from and why they He's think that's okay. a cool thing to be. What are you talking about? Well, that's fine, but I don't, we did, do we see him to be homeboys? Yeah, that's true. I mean, sometimes it takes a while. You never know what <laughs> it's you're going to manifest That's right. Yeah. Possibly his psyche broke. It's possible. Um, Cesaro screaming at Rollins that he has no friends is really funny. Uh, <laughs> this is a solid, rather short match. Rollins wins. Cesaro attacks, you know the drill, but it took Ambrose a while to come out. And then Ambrose got his ass kicked, too. Match was fine. Middle of the road, no big deal. But uh, the promo afterwards was pretty good. Ambrose plays it off really well. Like, Rollins is saying thank you, and Ambrose is annoyed. He goes, maybe you shouldn't pick fights that you know you can't finish. Uh, man, I'm loving this. And you can you see where it's going. Rollins and Ambrose for Cesaro and Sheamus SummerSlam tag team titles is what's going to happen. And I'm all for it because anything to switch it up a little bit for Dean Ambrose and give him some motivation. Because I get the feeling with Cesaro and Rollins in the ring, he's going to be encouraged to step it up from a work perspective. With Sheamus stiffing the living shit out of him, he's going to be motivated to do something, hit him back, anything. I'm down for this feud. And I think that Cesaro and Sheamus have also played it off very well. Yeah, no, this is this is good. Uh, I like this as a feud. It gives Gene and, and Seth, who, like you said, were spinning their wheels, something to do. Um it is it is one of those things of I don't I don't buy your well maybe you shouldn't like don't come out don't come out this week next week come out there there's a progression because the problem with 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 WWE storytelling is that they're really bad about going A to B to C they go A A A A A A D and they don't there's no progression of stuff so this week if he doesn't come out to help Seth and Seth goes to the back and say hey man why didn't you help me? He's like, well, you look like you can handle it out there. All right, man. I'm sorry. Again, again I'm sorry. Whatever. Like, and then next week, Dean does come out. That's a progression. 
Like tonight, it felt like the whole thing was rushed. Like he was from, I, I hate you. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't trust you anywhere. Now I'm going to save your ass. And they have to walk it back by him saying, oh, well, you know, whatever. As opposed to having a real progression of storyline. And that's what I was hoping for from this. It does feel like everything's kind of rushed with the storyline. But if we get greatness coming up, I'll forgive all of that. Like I always do. Yeah, sure. Roman Reigns defeated Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman match of the night. No surprise. Uh, you'd be shocked to learn this was a hard-hitting Haas beef battle. Yep. Just three sirloin, sirloin beefs just banging up against each other. It's what you get. The Strowman Reigns toss through the ropes is a spot that they've adopted that I really like. I love that spot. Uh, Reigns gets a spear, wins a really good match. There, there wasn't a ton to break down on my side here. They beat the crap out of each other, and they did exceptionally well at it. Yes. Um, this was one of those things where they swerved us. Not really, but you already know Brock's in the building, and these three guys are having a match. Why would you give away three-quarters of your SummerSlam main event in a real match that saw a clean finish? You wouldn't. So you're going to have Brock come down six to eight minutes into the match, cause havoc, and everything ends in a schmoz. But they didn't do that. They had Roman Wayne's win clean as a whistling sheet, and it's like, oh, well, we're back to early to mid-2016 programming. Um, and it just – I loved the match, but the finish had me going, oh, oh, okay, we're doing that now. Um, so I guess good for being unpredictable. Um, but I um, – I would have loved to have seen these guys uh, not have a clean finish in this match so that something is built to for SummerSlam and whatever they do in the next two weeks because you know these guys are going to face each other in some kind of combination in the next two weeks as well. Yeah, we have the video up of uh, Joe's match with Lesnar. They they deleted the original video because WWE just does that type of thing. <laughs> um Brandon Howard, one of our writers, said that bringing it to the table broached the language of WWE. Oh, really? Aired a clip of commentators saying structure 64 times during the Punjabi prison match. I guess they're taking our list in the boys segments now. <laughs> per usual. We, actually, we, we did that segment so much that we were like, we ain't doing it anymore. Right. Because we got tired of bitching about how they said the same shit over and over and over. How many times did we hear the name Elias tonight? Do you think Booker got yelled at in his headset for saying Samson? He might have. Um, this whole thing with Elias is weird. They, they give him a backstory last week where he's a gambler. He loves going to the casinos, just sitting at the blackjack tables. And this week he was like, what, what? he went to some place and they, they, they gave him something that was meant for somebody else and they gave it to him anyway. Something like that. And then Corey Gabriel's like, what are you talking about? Like, yes, well, you're, you're, you're shoehorning backstory into Elias, Elias, not Elias Sampson, just Elias. Um, and it's just this weird thing. They're building him up in this very odd, obvious way. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Alexa Bliss, I thought, had a, had a pretty good promo on Bailey and Sasha Banks backstage saying, 
that she couldn't believe that Sasha actually lost to Bailey. I think that gets over much better than Bailey doesn't belong here type of thing. Just I thought Sasha was a lot better than Bailey. She's not. Hot damn, I'm happy. I beat Bailey before. Cool. Yep. I thought it went really well. Good promo as always from Alexa Bliss. How much baby oil did Big Cass have on backstage? I compared it to Ahmed Johnson. Uh, too much. Too much. Um, the spray tan was strong with him tonight. Um, yeah, no, the, his his gimmick now appears to be big dumb guy with a word of the day calendar. Like he was like like posterior and uh, oh, some other word with starting, starting with M that was a little – SAT word like that that he's trying to prove he doesn't need Enzo to talk for him by learning a few words in the dictionary and using them properly which which is a gimmick we'll see if he can make it work and make it into a good one but um yeah we'll see Bailey defeated Nia Jax via countout this is the seventh televised singles match in nine months between these two that doesn't include all the tag matches they've had as well and multi-person matches one thing I noticed is that Nia paces a lot during her matches, and production has trouble keeping up with her. It's a thing I've always noticed. She then mocked uh, Sasha's ponytail. Bailey takes control. For some reason, Alexa interfering isn't a DQ. I never. I get that a lot of times. It's like, well, if the person doesn't hit the person in the match, the person interfering, but I, like I would leave that for like title matches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you. The referee gives more lenience. Nia eats the stairs. Bailey gets a count out win. At least good consistency there that, that Bailey escapes by the skin of her teeth despite being a babyface because they're trying to portray that she may not be good enough to beat Alexa Bliss. Yeah, this is the point of the night. Uh, after Elias got the, the big hometown pop from Pittsburgh, when the crowd realized – Hey, wait, they already did the main event, right? Like they did the big, big beef three-way. So what is there left? Um, And they just lost interest. Like there was zero pop for Bailey. Nobody cared. This match was not good, but nobody was into it. Um, uh, Yes, I, I agree with you that there is a difference apparently in the rule book between interference and attempted interference. Attempted interference gives you no penalty. But if, if interference, that throws the match out. Um, so maybe there's a thing, like if you get caught attempting to interfere, you're banned from ringside. Something the match can continue. Something that is a happy medium. Because this whole, I ran down and tried to hit you, but you hit me first. Now the match continues, and after I distracted you, is just weird. But yeah, this match was not great. Uh, and the crowd was super not into it because they were like, should we go? Because we have work in the morning and the kids are tired. We should go. Like, that's basically what I was hearing palpably from the crowd throughout this match. More average. More average. Uh, What was far below average was Big Cass versus Big Show. He defeated Big Show via DQ. Enzo came out, cut a promo. Big Cass got some stock music that they used to dub over old ECW themes on the network. And it's an improvement over the shit he had before. Yep. Yeah. 
This match starts out at 11 Eastern, and at 11.04, we are working the leg. <laughs> working the leg at 11.04 Eastern. Wrap it up, B. <laughs> yes. Wrap it up. Wrap, it up. <laughs> this was just, wrap that shit up. <laughs> this was oh, man. just awful. Like it was. Just don't say that to Anna. She doesn't get uh, Chappelle Show references. Oh, I learned last no. week. I, uh, I made a joke. Uh, I made a player haters ball joke to her, and oh. she's like, "She's like, why are you being a dick?" And I was like, "I'm not." I was like, <laughs> "It's like it's a player haters ball joke." Uh, yeah this this was a uh, 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 a shiv in the eye of the people who stuck around to watch this match at the arena. Like, so we all know that the that the third hour gets much less is a drop off in the viewership. So they've decided, well, everyone tunes out for the third hour anyway. Let's give everybody the last the, the big real main event as the last match of the second hour. Bleeding over to the beginning of the third hour, see if we get people to stick around. And then what do you have for the third hour? You have nothing. You have this. You have this this terrible third hour. Um I don't see how that solves your problem. Especially tonight, when you have one of the most anticipated Raw main events in memory. So why wouldn't you put this on last and get people to stay up late or stick around longer to watch this match, knowing that it goes up? Promote the hell out of it. Our main event going on tonight at 1040 Eastern is this. Like, and get them to stick around, as opposed to putting it on... At the end of hour two, we're just saying screw it to the rest of it because the rest of it was bad. Yeah, this match was slow paced, not good. I do, I have always liked the big chop to the chest of a flying opponent. Enzo causes a DQ, big show knocks Cass out. That's it, roll credits. I, hon- I honestly <laughs> thought they, they should have rolled credits because Enzo comes in and Big Cass beats him up after Big Cass hit a big boot to Big Show. Then Show gets up, hits the knockout punch to Cass, and he falls over himself. So at one point, there were just three dudes barely conscious laying in the ring, and I was like, cut it now. Cut the feed now. Because three dudes asleep in the ring is the perfect metaphor for the last hour of this show. You know, like that... uh, Wow. Wow. That's raw. Yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. How was it last week without me, Alex? Uh, it was uh, a little stressful at times, trying to make sure I'm getting everything. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm neurotic like that. Okay, wait. I'm responsible for all of the things that are happening. I don't better not screw this up. So I was double-checking and triple-checking and trying not to make catastrophic mistakes. I caught myself making a few of them. I guess I missed one at some point. But... <laughs> Good Lord, it was just one of those things like, dude, what you do here by being in charge, people don't appreciate enough because I, for one, am not cut out for that particular role. I love being the number two. Number one, it's hard. (laughs) It is hard. It is difficult. Uh, I came back, so I flew back and I got back at 6 p.m., and then I proceeded to work from 6 p.m. until 3 a.m. because it was UFC 214. 
and John Jones had to go out and call out Brock Lesnar and shit. And then the next day, um, I was like, Alex, just don't touch a computer, please. Because, I mean, you worked a shit ton last week. Yeah, yeah. Pardon my language, guys. Those Canadians had me cursing. Oh, yeah. Impolite <laughs> up there. So I worked, I think, 16 solid hours last night. Uh, woke up today and have been working since I woke up this morning. So I, I squeezed, I'm squeezing in a bunch of time here. But I think we're on track and we got things mostly smoothed out and back to normal and stuff. But lots of stuff like Carlos covered the Mikey Garcia, Adrian Broner fight live. That was cool. Um, we got the vlog up there. We got Carlos's uh, boxing newsletter, p- tons of exclusives last week. It was a good time. It was a good time. What, what stood out last week in, in the wrestling world to you? Oh, just the, the whole thing with, Ed Nordholm unsolicit, unsolicitedly lying about Matt Hardy demanding an extra $100,000 and Matt Hardy going, I got the tapes, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, this damn thing's never going to end. And then, of course, hilariously, GFW's attempts to trademark Broken Universe stuff were like, the government was like, "Uh, yeah, nah, that's not going to happen. I can do that. That was funny. Uh, But, yeah, there was was a bunch of stuff. I, I never want to go. One day I'll tell an extended story about this, but I'll I'll repeat as much as I have because I don't want to get deposed, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> in regards to anything. But um, I mean, I know you remember last year when people were trying to decide whether the contract signing was the greatest or worst thing to ever right. happen in wrestling. I thought it was one of the greatest things that happened. And to be fair, that was the point. That's what Matt Hardy wanted. And I had interviewed Matt Hardy several times. I interviewed him in character as Big Money Matt. And, like, I know that he liked that, and he thought a lot of me for that. So he calls me, and he talks to me for about, I think, like 70, 80 minutes Mm -hmm. after he saw one of my tweets about the contract signing. And what he would say, he would go on to lay out virtually – Everything that would happen after that without like saying, here's who I'm beating, here's what I'm doing. Like all these ideas that he had, like with drones and like how to how to make it cinematic and stuff. And obviously Jeremy Borash had a big hand in that too, because we saw that great thing that he did with Steiner, Josh Matthews, and Abyss and at, at Slammiversary. But yeah, man. Uh there, there is the argument that GFW kind of owns it because they're the publisher, but hot damn, man. Hot damn, man. Like uh, that, that may all be well and good, but it doesn't help your case any in the court of popular opinion, which, to be fair, Nordholm has said, screw pub- public opinion. I don't care about that. Um, it seems counterproductive. It does. seems but counterproductive. It doesn't, doesn't help your, your image to be like, yes, oh, by the way, I just wanted to let everyone know that Matt Hardy basically blackmailed me into trying to get $100,000 out of me, held me over a barrel before our taping, and I said, oh, listen, I'd love to, Matt, but I really can't. I just don't have the money right now. Uh, but that's okay. I don't hold any ill will. And then Matt's like, what are you talking about? I taped that phone conversation. So that's going to wind up in the in discovery in the, in the courtroom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I could pull up a tweet from, or not a tweet, a text from Matt Hardy. Because you know, I'm 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 always in Jeff Jarrett's email inbox. I am always trying to find out stuff from Matt, like especially in the the in winter and spring and stuff when all this was going on. Always talking to TNA Impact GFW wrestlers about how things are. The funny thing is, you always hear about morale, morale, morale. They don't run shows enough to have a morale backstage. Like they, they see each other one week every three months, and that's gonna that's about to change. But everything that Matt said was going to happen with GFW did happen. He called it like in February or March, I think it was, whenever they were leaving, that Impact would become GFW. And like I said, I won't. Uh, one day I'll expand the details there, but I'm watching it unfold, and I'm like, "Damn, man, damn, am I a part of the broken universe right now? Was he just saying that in character, and this is all just unfolding? Like, what, what is going on here?" So that was that was interesting, guys. Uh, we have UFC Mexico City coverage this weekend. My podcast notes go up every morning after Raw, SmackDown, and WWE pay-per-views. Visit Fightful.com, FightfulPods.com for all of your podcast needs. I want to thank everybody in uh, Toronto that I got to see last week. Uh, man, that was a life-changing trip. And I want to thank you, Alex, Anna, Jeff, Carlos, David, especially, like all of my team that held the site together and Hope you all are looking forward to doing it in September when I go to Orlando. Which, here's what pisses me off, Alex. Okay. NXT tapings the night before I get there. Ah. Uh, yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Non-refundable flight? I, you know, if I, if I switch it to a night before, they would probably be okay, but my wife has already asked for a certain time off. and Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. You know, anything else to add, Alex? No, you can follow me on Twitter at Pulowski the Fourth. I sometimes I say funny things about wrestling. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, all over the place. We got it going on at fightful.com. Until next time, guys, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.